This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. And even my last round opponent actually looked at my shirt, I'm wearing Man of Deprive, and asked, are you a famous pro player? And I'm just, <laughs> I was like, no. I, I can't tell no. if you're trolling, the joke's that old. Uh, oh my god. Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by ManorDeprived.com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mines they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them... Maybe you can listen to the A Team. KYT. It's just like, why? Not everything I do is like horrible. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't have it both ways, old man. <laughs> Jay Boosh. Damn it! Why am I always so ahead of the curve and then somebody <laughs> like Owen makes a deck popular and now I sound like every deck brewer on the planet? Scotty. It's actually a secret ploy for her to get you two to spend more time together. If <laughs> mom next levels you, it's all yeah, like serious. And Jeremy. Do you know how hard it is to buy Korean singles? No. And when you put Korean singles into Googles, do you know what you get? You don't get magic cards. <laughs> and now, the A team. I'm just greasing up my best friend, Scotty Mac. And we're going to his gym after the man. I do some laundry. This is Scotty Mac. What's going on, Jay? How you doing? I'm alright. Alright. Our boombox is uh, Jeremy Schofield. <laughs> I'm pumped. I'm pumped! It's super pumped. <laughs> Real pumped. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, we have KYT, who is joining us from the top of Space Mountain. <laughs> What's up, KY Tizzle? Very good, very good. What's up, very good, very good. Okay, great. <laughs> As you can tell, Bob! quality show coming at ya! <laughs> In other news, Ravages of War is a $400 magic card. What the fuck? I've got one. Do you need Jeez. one? Yeah, I do for the cube, but I don't want to pay four hundred goddamn dollars for that. It's up to four hundred. My life is good. Yeah, you're doing great. I want that too. Two, two. Uh so yeah, welcome. It's episode two oh six of the eighteen, which is mind boggling. It's a beautiful K O I T. You played some magic creds at a GP, I think, didn't you? Uh, I did. I did. I played did a GP. So. Yeah, did you top eight? You said you said, or somebody said. No, no, I, I did not top eight. I did not top eight. Oh fuck! I thought you did. What a garbage man! What? At least I didn't shit the bag. Um, true. He did day two. And oh, shit! Wow. Yeah, but right. been uh, running pretty bad this week. That's why I'm I'm on my phone right now. I don't know what happened. Uh, damn you, Videotron! So. Even updating my site has been a challenge. So, the 
I don't know what's wrong. I just don't have Wi-Fi at home right now. It's been very bad all week. But uh, on the good news, I did play uh, GP Ottawa. Had uh, an amazing uh, day one run. Uh, I I believe I finished X1, if I remember correctly. That uh, went sounds down, right. <laughs> went down with uh, John Stern, Josh McLean, and, and uh, Petey Pablo. And nice. uh, on, on the way there... Uh, Petey Pablo considers himself um, probably rightfully so the worst player in the car. So all he was doing <laughs> was just asking us like our opinion of like he had the entire car list of cons of here printed out and he would just ask, you know, John Stern random cards for him to evaluate. And at one point we would play this game where we'd have to guess um, what John would say. Like, Peter would write like, would point out a card, write down garbage, as John had how he felt about the card, and be like, would you say it is garbage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, I would say that. And um, I think even even with three buys, um, because with three buys you have to go four two to day two, and and even if you have if your match win percentage is like really stupid good, like over 65%, I still think I haven't done the actual math that you're probably a dog to day two. So just setting like as usual with, uh, so Josh McLean is actually almost as degenerate as Kane trying to set the line as to like how many people in the car is going to day two or, or, or whatever, and he was pretty aggressive. He, he said it at uh, 2.5 and would take the over, which is pretty crazy to me. Uh, but ultimately, and so you were in, so you were in the car with John Stern right. and Josh McLean, yourself, and Petey Pablo. Right, right. Yeah, two and a half is a fair number. Two and a half is a fair number, and yeah, I'd take three also. I, I would take under for sure. I mean, I think. I think the, for me, the realistic number is probably two. So, so that's yeah, why I would take you can two. Run, run two. Um, I don't on two. I just can't like two would be my prediction. So I wouldn't like that either way. You know, yeah, I just, like, three's your prediction, and you think three's the other side of the line. Then two and a half is a perfect line. Yeah, I agree. Right, right. I think they did great with that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so okay. All four of us ended up making day two. Um, oh, good! Nice. I, I even like, Petey Pablo made day two. Yeah, even Petey Pablo Holy made day two. Fuck. Did he have like a like a fucking speaker in his ear there? A fucking headphone? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Petey Pablo. Yeah. He's actually a decent player. He also day two GP Montreal, which is uh, which was um, Theros Limited. So, so he's he was he's, he was pretty proud of himself for uh, at GP Montreal and was definitely happy for him. Uh, he was happy for himself, and I was happy for him for his day two this time no, that's around. So great! I just giving him the business. That's all. I would love to be in a situation where I was commentating coverage on him, so I could say KYT once said that he's actually a good player. <laughs> Clearly not. So Stern was more concerned about. Um, I think he drafted a lot. And he was more concerned about sealed. So he would, as usual, he would want to play at least a grinder or um, 
open a, a sealed pool just to get more practice in. Um, I didn't. I was more worried about draft uh, because in terms of sealed, my limited experience was I just sealed a few times, but it, it really came down to um, what lands you got um, allowed you to really point you like in the in the direction like a strong direction most of the time in all the pools that I've opened. So for me, seal was actually very straightforward. Um, the last two that I practiced were like, okay, this is blue green. This is obvious. This is a uh, teamer. You know, I, I built it like really fast. And um, so I did play grinder on Friday, lost round one, uh, played a draft was a disaster, but made the finals uh, and lost that. But the, my day one pool had, basically two of the best rares or slash mythics in the entire set. Uh, two of the best white cards. So I had both Wingmate Rock and High Sentinels. Is, that the, is, is High Sentinels the one that puts counters on things and then you, it yeah. gets plus one plus one yeah, for each for, counter? Yeah, and it, and it flies itself, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, also that like thing, a three, that four. good. Yeah, like I, I almost want to put that in... Um, like I almost want to put that in cube. Like it's a three four fire for four that pumps your team and gets bigger. Like it, it's a must answer threat. I just don't think it's good enough for cube. But that's that card is so bonkers in limited. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. I mean, he's a three four. Like even if he had no abilities, he's a three four for four flying and, and flying is really strong in this format. And it's yeah. like it's the best. It's Winmate Rock's best buddy because I can play him and then. Turn five, play Windmate Rock, and it's all it's all but over. So somehow my deck, like my pool, was super synergistic because all my white and blue cards uh, happened to be like I had opened a bunch of flyers. So I had two Jeskai Scout Wing Scouts. I had the Aerialists, which is the four five for six prowess in blue. I had Alabaster Kieran, the two three Vigilance. Maybe I think maybe I had two and. I had like all the flyers that you can think of. I had the white morph that can flip to gain you two life. And it's a two, one uh, itself. I had the blue monk and, and the hard part about my deck building, the hardest part was just like how, how defensive that I need to be. Like uh, my only decision was basically which morphs to cut ultimately at the end. Like, do I play the zero five, the two colors and one blue defender flying, or do I play, um, you know, another flyer or another unblockable. And it really depends if I think the rest of my deck has enough tools to deal with, with uh, bigger threats. And I did have one water whirl and one Jeskai charm, uh, one kill shot, one smite the monstrous. So I thought I had enough tools, enough spells. Like if they flip a six, seven, they just lose so much tempo. Cause I just water whirl it or, or just Jeskai charm my entire team on my turn to to gain back that life that that would be dealt to me that I didn't need to really play the zero five that isn't that great if I if I need to put push through the final points of damage so I had this pretty sick deck um, it didn't feel that crazy but every opponent that I played against was just like whoa man it's, it's too strong like how can I beat that shit so and other people uh, uh, my friends were like you're going to XO with this. I'm like, come on, I got to like, I'm going to mulligan infinite at least one match. And sure enough, I did the one match. I got stuck on two and mulligan to five or something is my only loss. So I'm very happy with this white blue deck that splashed 
like red just for one Jeskai charm, and it had green just to be able to flip over the uh, ice feather uh, ice feather Aven. So very sweet deck. And uh, no, like Efro, I'm pr- I'm running pretty hot in terms of day two. Like I, I looked it over my my entire GP history. I've day two eleven out of nineteen GPs. So oh, like pretty, shit. yeah, I'm, I'm running pretty hot. Uh, considering I, I like two two buys and three buys is a huge difference, and I think like I like I said before, even with three buys, I think you're an underdog to to day two probably. So I'm pretty happy with my run. Um, and then on day two, even though I started my career basically going 05 or 06 every single day two draft or constructed, um, I've been upping that rate. So looking back, I'm like catching 50% of my day twos. So that's something I'm really proud of as well. So heading into day two, day one, I had, once again, I played very few pros at these GPs. Like the last pro that I played was Matt Sperling in GP Vancouver. He ended up making top eight of Vancouver. And I can't remember the last time, like I played Kibler at GP Montreal like two, three years ago. So it's been a while. It's, it's hard to really run into pros. And even this draft, in my first draft, I basically... I uh, knew nobody except for Lucas Seau, and uh, he ended up being to my right. And, you know, I, like I said, I, w- I was scared about this draft format as I've been playing with five color and just winning because I think my opponents are pretty bad online. And so I, and I've never, I've re- always wanted to get that warrior deck that Jeremy keeps hyping. I just can never get it. So I'm sitting there, I'm just hoping, like, with Lucas feeding me, there's a good chance that I'm going to get a good read on the signaling. So what ended up happening is at the end of pack one, I keep seeing these green and black cards. Um, I get past an early debilitating injury, maybe, like, pick three. Yeah. Lucas tells me later that he took force away over it, even though he thinks maybe injury is a better card. I think he, he probably likes blue in the format more. So he passes me that, and then, like, in the late, stages pack one, I get past like three Kintry invocations. So for our listeners, that's the card that makes a dude based on the max toughness of one of your creatures. Yeah. So it's not really that good. Um, unless like you can consistently, you know, shit out zero fives. But with that signal, he, he pushed me to green black and I did end up having two parapets, the two zero, um, the zero five wall for, one colors, one green. I had the Monastery Flock, the zero five colorless flying talked about, and three of these Kintry invocations. So my deck was like, everybody looked at it, thought it was mediocre, but I'm like, well, I have to gamble here. I, I, I need to win this. Well, I want to win this pod. And if I do go zero five into a five, five, and a five, five is actually really hard to answer in this format. Or it's, even if it's easy, it's expensive to answer. Like for Smite the Monstrous or, right of the serpent, whatever. Round one, I face Lucas, and I'm kind of, like, I feel not confident just because he's the only guy I know in the pod, and he's known to be a good player, but it's because I know what I passed him. I basically, at one point, passed three Jeskai Wind Scouts in a row. So, <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> I was fucked, but I, 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 like, I drafted some Sagu Archers, like, some random reach guys just in case. Cause I knew like someone would have that. 
And uh, it was a tight match. And I felt like, overall, I think I maybe feel like my deck had an edge because uh, it went to the three games and, and one of the deciding games came down to me having turn three and turn four five fives, but him having the exact cheap answers for them <laughs> turn three and turn four. Like so, sorry? Like the force aways? So he had one force away for one of them and he yeah. had suppression field for the other. Ooh. And I just like, in my head, it's just like hands in the air. It's like, oh shit. Like, yeah. I guess any other back. I mean, I'm at least getting five most of the time with that start. So I was feeling pretty happy about that hand. And sure enough, like that type of hand was good enough to crush my opponents in round two and round three of that draft, but it was not enough to take, uh, take out Lucas, who I felt like uh, both of us had probably the better decks at the table. And I expected him to win out our draft. And ultimately he did and went on to also, top eight the gp so i was very happy for him but at x2 i was not dead yet and so drafted went to my second draft and uh if anyone watched was able to watch like the i think it was like 30 seconds of coverage i had because my deck was so bad yeah (laughs) i tweeted as much i mean i was very happy with my first deck but my second deck was definitely a train wreck um i just really i just couldn't i couldn't do it i I opened Savage Knuckle Blade pack one, pick one. And then it was just like, I was just confused. I didn't know what I was getting past. Like, so I sort of know the three people to my right. They're all friends of mine um, or people that I've seen on the Montreal scene. And so pack one, pick one, like I said, pick Savage Knuckle Blade. Pack one, pick two, I see Ivory... Uh, Tower uh, Fortress or whatever his name is. It's the five seven that allows you to untap all everything that you have counters on on your opponent's turn. I think. Oh, sure. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's like the Abzan bomb. Big old right, the Abzan bomb. Yeah. I have Abzan charm, and I have death uh, death drop, and like a common is missing, and so I'm like, I'm just sitting. There, I'm like, what the fuck? What common? are you taking over any of these three cards? And I, I couldn't think like a mystic of the way, maybe a, a just guy scout, because you're just like, so scared of, so scared of getting into black because you're passing three good black cards. So I couldn't really get like understand, but to me, I ended up taking, which is probably not the safe. Like I didn't, I didn't, I took the bomb, the five, seven, just because I needed to three O this pod. And I thought that card, if I start picking some outlast guys, that card has the highest upside. I think the safest pick is obviously death drop because it's, it's one color. And so still allows me to maybe play teamer and maybe splash that. Like it, 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 it leaves me with the most options, but you know, so I, I dabbled in Abzan and then I get past like at some point in pack two or three, I get past a thousand wins. And the uh, the three four sage in Jeskai, three four flying like every time you play a non creature spell, all your guys gain lifelink. So I'm like pulled in multiple directions, and you know ended up with a train wreck. Um, so my friend later tells me like what he picked pack one pick one uh, to pass me all those three cards, and I don't think you could guess what card it would be, Jer. <laughs> if I could guess it, yeah, yeah, I don't think you would be able to guess it. 
I would say the white one one that you can pay to make it death touch. Anok Bonkin, isn't that uncommon though? Uh, no, Bonkin. no, I think that's a common. The two one, the two one outlast guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what'd you say, Jared? The the white one one that gains death touch. I don't think the it's first pickable. One. Oh, the hate blade. Yeah. The hate blade. Okay. So I flip out because uh, the answer is actually Leaping Master. Oh, God. Leaping Master. Interesting. So I'm like, what the fuck? And he ended up, I guess at some point he got past Arrow Storms and stuff. Like, he ended up forcing, like, white-red aggro or something. Ended up being a pile. So (laughs) he was just too scared of, of black. Like, he thought he opened too much black. But, I mean... Like the usual lesson you're supposed to learn is that you you care more about what you're getting past than what you're passing off. So obviously he he was way too scared about being in black and not getting enough goodies in in pack two. I was I managed with my train wreck. I managed to win one game, one match against Dave Schneer because he ended up like his was even more train wreck than mine. It was like a four color aggro deck. So mine was at least I had thousand wins and the three four sage as win conditions. I had treasure cruise. I had I had to play double weave fate. I was just the, like the super dirtle deck that like drew. I almost uh, in both games drew my entire library against him. Um, I had big through time as well, so was able to beat another bad deck. But against Huey, who had a solid uh, tempo green blue deck. Not, no chance at all. And in the final round, played against something that I thought was a pretty mediocre outlast deck, but got stuck on two lands and, and lost in, in, in three games, which uh, was a huge dagger because it's, it's the difference between one pro point and three pro points. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's one of those awkward situations again where, like, you have me and, like, all relaxes next to me, and... As usual, the what these pros usually do is ask their opponent, you know, do you care about pro points? Sort of, you're you're in, you're hoping your opponent gets the message that you want them to concede and that you like give them money for it, basically, <laughs> or yeah. split the money. Yeah. But uh, but I've never, I think I've said this before, I've never been comfortable doing that type of thing. It's like, I don't know, it doesn't feel right. But, you know, I just asked them um, if you care about pro points. Just, you know, people tell me I should ask, so I, I should ask. And he said he didn't care. But it was like, you know, he wasn't going to – he didn't get the idea, right? I wasn't going to just yeah. start blabbing. Like, just, just, let's just play. So I played and I lost uh, in three. So even – you you know, Do you think that that affects your gameplay when you say, uh, like – when you say something like that and somebody declines? Um, like, would it make me play... Like, do, you think, do you think you play worse? Uh, no, no, because my mentality, I think, I think my mentality is that I don't expect him... Like, I, I expect... I don't know what other players expect, but I expect, like, to play anyways. Like, 99.9% of time I'm, I've played. And I've been on the other side as well, so... Right. Um, yeah, it didn't affect uh, my my mentality at all. Yeah. 
it, it like, it was kind of awkward because I think he would have a hundred percent accepted it because he also like, he was the first, to, he offered me a draw at the very beginning. Oh, wow. He offers me a draw and I'm like, uh, I can't take the draw. I need the pro points. Yeah. But it's like, but I'm willing to basically, you know, split it's, the cash. Yeah. It's like funny. if I win, are you so. allowed to offer splits or is that also bribery? You can it's offer awesome. splits, but like the tough part is if you offer splits and then ask the guy to concede to you, that some makes- judges will consider that bribery. There yeah. isn't really clear cut things on it. Like the last PTQ I judged at, we had a massive debate on to whether or not that's that's kosher or not. Yeah, so. like so, like it's it's something that I had to broach at FNM this week. Not to bogart your story here, F- uh, KYT. Is it gonna? No, no, no. Go else? ahead. So, so I had a guy sit down, and he's like, "Hey, uh, like where we play, like at Phoenix Comics, they have vicinity points. I think I've talked about them before on the show, but basically they're like they're like air miles. Like you can redeem them for." For like pro- like for money or for store credit or for product, right? I think uh, I think Harry T is doing that as well now. Sure. So what happens is like now I come to visit um, Scotty in Toronto and they have something I want, but I don't have enough money or I don't have cash with me or whatever, or I just want to fucking use my points instead. I can now use them if I want to buy a pizza from Papa John's. I can use them there. They're they're. <laughs> But it's true because Papa John's does vicinity points. I don't. I'm not super keen on the idea, mainly because I don't like winning nothing, and I don't like winning. <laughs> I don't like winning something that it makes me beholden to this system. And also, if this system dies, I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before or if it was pre-show before and didn't make it into the, the cast. But like, if the if the system dies, if vicinity points go out or or they make a, a drastic change to them, it's not like I'm going to go to Phoenix and say or anybody and say, "Hey, I have." 200 vicinity points that are now worthless give me something for those right like that's so that's kind of fucked i don't like that but anyway um so he's, <laughs> he sits down he's 3-0 and i'm 201 going okay. into the fourth going into the fourth round of fnm which is the last round and he says hey like i'm 16 points away from a, a free box and uh, going 4-0 is 16 points. So how about this? You concede to me, so I get the 16 points, and I'll give you the promo brain maggot. So right away, I'm like, well, in my head, I'm like, this, you can't do that. That's bribery. Yeah. Uh, so that's like, that's, yeah. A du- that's a direct bribe. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like, but it's FNM, which is like casual. And like, and like, I don't know how, how it's regulated at different stores and stuff, depending on how casual casual actually is. Cause it's judges. It's not laws. No, right? That's actually one of the things that even at casual is a DQ. Yeah. And like, and that's what I'm under the impression of. And we don't have a, a real judge at our store, but I asked the, like the manager and he said like, he would basically just, Nope them and give them a warning like and it wouldn't be a recorded warning and and then we also maybe we can talk about this later jeremy let's um parking lot this this specific part also i would like to talk about penalties at fnm and whether or not they're recorded and etc anyway so he's like oh no because it's casual brian is the guy i'm talking about that i talked to brian zemba at phoenix he's like no because it's casual 
Um, you know, like the, literally the only thing to get DQ'd is like racial slurs, intimidation, violence. Like basically that's it. Like it's we're like it's casual. We're not like drawing even drawing extra cards. Like and he's like other than cheating. If you're intentionally cheating, cards in the lap, drawing extra cards on purpose, fucking the shuffle cheat, then for sure I'll ban you from the store, or whatever. And but he didn't. He made it sound like he didn't know if that was like if he was following the judge rules or if it was like a personal. Um, it's, it's, it's close, but it's... Yeah. So anyway... Yeah. So this guy is like, I'll give you the foil brain maggot. So right away, I'm like, that's a direct bribe, so you can't do that. <laughs> second, second, this foil brain maggot is worth, like, no fucking money. Like, what a fucking garbage thing to offer me. Uh, and a vicinity point, at, at Phoenix anyway, a vicinity point is worth about $2. Um, of course, that number fluctuates depending on how many you're cashing in. Um, obviously, as like in any reward program, the more you're cashing in at a time, the more value they have. So huh. if you cash in three vicinity points, you get like one pack of magic cards. But 60 vicinity points is a box of magic cards, right? So it fluctuates. But uh, so I'm like, so you're going to give me like a $2 foil brain maggot that I'm probably going to get anyway. Uh, and And then you're going to get $32 in vicinity points, and I'm going to get no. So I'm like, that's a shit deal, first of all. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? But I haven't been to Phoenix in a very long time, and this guy, later on, we'll talk about this later, is kind of shady as fuck. So I'm sure he's just trying to pull one over on the new guy, right? But anyway, long story short, he said, so I explain it to him, right? I explain, like, you can't bribe me like, really nicely. I'm just like, just so you know, like, that's a bribe. You're not allowed to bribe people. You can actually get, like, DQ'd and super, like, if anyone ever Whatever. I'm like, it's casual here, so I'm sure they would do nothing, and I'm not about to call Brian on you. But just FYI, you can't do that. And also, I already have the brain maggot, so unless you, like, I just don't want to do that. That's, that's not, I don't, that's, that's, I don't, let's play. And he's like, ugh, okay, right away, right? And then his friend is sitting beside him, and his friend is super cordial. He's like, hey, do you play Magic for very long? And like, do you like Commander? And like, what do you think of blue cards? And I'm like, yeah, and I'm just having a great chat with this guy. But his friend is like fucking pissed. He's playing super fast. He's like stressed out about everything. He's just like fucking salty as fuck. He is like a fucking Lay's potato chip. He's a fucking fucking bag of peanuts you get at a hockey game. Just all salt. So I fucking crush this guy. He's playing like some weird red green. He's playing red green blue. He's playing teamer, but it's not a team. It's not a real teamer list. It's basically mono red with rabble masters. And the only green cards I saw were elvish mystics, uh, and the rattleclaw mystics, and the the three mana guy from Theros that. You, he either is a 3-3 three, three trample or a 4-4 four, four trample haste for one turn. Oh, um, the... Uh, the tribute or something? Yeah, the Xenagos. Yeah, something uh, Fanatic. Fanatic, Fanatic or something like that, yeah. So those are the only... I don't see any blue cards other than Radiclaw Mystic, so I have no idea why he's splashing blue. And the only green cards I see are Mana Dorks and this Garbage Man, right? In game one, he gets three in a row. He gets three Rabble Masters. <laughs> He goes rabble master, rabble master, rabble master, and I'm I I don't care. I kill his guys and win the game, and then I win game two, and it's, he's dead. And he and I'm like, thanks for the games, man. He doesn't even look me in the eye. He packs up all his shit. He grabs it and he just leaves. I'm like, thanks for the games. He just fucking bolts. He leaves. He's not happy at all. Wow. Um, 
He also played a morph and then didn't reveal it at the end of the game. And then I asked him what it was. And then he told me that it was Rattleclaw Mystic before I knew that he had them, A, in his deck, B, that he was splashing them. And then normally, too, normally what happens is, like, I, like, like everybody at home, let's play along. You grab, I have a stack <laughs> of cards in my hand right now. So I'm shuffling them. Right? You can hear them. Okay? Um, I'm shuffling them. And then you say to me, hey, oh, yeah, what was your morph? Just so casually. like, And actually what happened is his friend was like, hey, man, don't forget to reveal your morph. And he's, like, shuffling. And then as soon as his friend says that, he, like, for just, like, a half second, uh, he's like, Ugh! and then back to normal. Like, as if you caught, a, like, Ted Bundy in the midst of a murder rape. Like, the big <laughs> thing with Ted Bundy is that he was an attractive well-read, well-spoken, attractive, normal man. And he was a sociopath. So that's why he got away with it for so long. So when I say that, I literally mean this guy is like a sociopath. He looks totally normal, except for like the split second. And I can't even describe to you what happened. If it was his face, his eyes, I don't know what happened. But I caught it. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. And then that's why I go, I go, oh, yeah. I think, I think at the end of Magic games, if you have morphs, you're just supposed to reveal them. So, like, I think. So, do you, like, I mean, do you mind telling me what your morph was? What was your morph? And, like, just so nonchalant, even more nonchalant than that, because I'm a little bit worked up now from this story, even more nonchalant than that, and he just goes, uh, oh, yeah, it was Rattleclaw Mystic, and then just continues shuffling his deck. Now, at home, if you're playing along, and someone says that to you, I have cards in my hand, okay, I would go, uh, so what I'm doing now is I'm holding my cards, and I'm thumbing through them to find them. And show them. And then I would go, oh, it's Rattleclaw Mystic. And right now, right now what I'm doing is I'm pointing the Rattleclaw Mystic at my monitor. That's what I would do. I would go, oh, yeah, da, 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 da. oh, it's Rattleclaw Mystic right here. Here you go, bro. Even if it wasn't fucking Rattleclaw Mystic and I'm trying to cheat and it was like the stupid Phoenix or something, I would still say, oh, uh, it was Rattleclaw Mystic. And this is why, super side tie in segue, Airy lacks morph rule, winning and losing. We'll talk about that later. Uh, that's, that's why that's a game loss because this guy fucking could super just have cheated me and, and I'm pretty sure he did. But anyway, so. The long story short here, KYC, <laughs> is I feel like... I feel it feels like, like... I feel like... If you're the person that has something on the line, especially versus the guy that has nothing on the line, like he's like, you know, he's got the pair down, or he's already got three losses and you got the pair down, or whatever. I feel like when you're like, oh, do you care about the points, or do you care about the money, or do you care about the prize, or are you gonna go to this fucking pro tour, like, do you care about the plane ticket? And they're like... No. And then you're like, well, will you concede to me? And then they're like, no. I feel like that's, uh, if, if this doesn't affect you, you're a master. But I feel like it probably affects most people, especially if you lose then, right? Like, I would find it very difficult to be like, hey, do you care about the plane ticket? And then you're like, no. And then I fucking mold a four. And then in game two, I just fucking get flooded. And then I lose to you. And you're a bad player with a bad deck maybe or something. Or you're a good player, but I feel like my deck could beat you or anything. We didn't even get to play Magic. I basically watched you play Magic while drawing planes. And then I lose, and then I get nothing, and I bounced out of top eight and cash or, you know, something like that. And then you're just like, I don't even care about this ticket, so I guess I'll, I don't know. I guess I'll take it and maybe go, but if not, fucking garbage it, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I would be, like, tilted by that, and that would affect my play. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> so let me see if I so so what you're saying is is that it's on the per, it's it's the responsibility you believe that it's the responsibility <laughs> of the person with the pair up to do the right thing in that situation. You mean with the pair down? No. Oh, the pair up. Yeah, 
yeah, if, if you don't care about it, if you care about it, then I, I mean, like I said, I said that before. If you care about whatever it is, like if you have a real reason, absolutely. Um, don't, don't do anything you, sh- you don't feel like doing. But if you're, if you don't care at all, like in that mana deprived super series, I drew with my third round opponent after going O2 and going to time in every fucking match. Mm. And I didn't give a shit. And this guy cared so much. I'm like, ah, I'm probably He's like, oh, are you going to drop? Because we drew or whatever. My friend asked me. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I didn't think of that. But I'll probably drop because, like, I'm not, I can't win pr- cash. I can't, there's, I can't top eight. And I really am not having a fun time. Like, I'm having fun playing Magic. But, like, I'm not having a fun tournament. So I'll probably just drop. And then I thought about it. And I was like, well, if I'm going to drop, like, and then I said to the other guy, I'm like, oh, are you going to drop? Because I can check that off or whatever. I'll go get the sheet. And he's like, no, I think I'm going to play until I can get a win with my deck. And I was like, okay. And then I just went and dropped. And then I also upgraded him from a 1-1-1 a one, one, one draw to a 2-1 win. Yeah. And then I saw him later as the match was going up. I'm like, hey, man, good luck in your next match. I hope you get your win. And by the way, I, I changed the match results so that you won that match because I dropped. I don't care. And he was like so happy, not like so happy like he'd never won a match of magic in his life before he was just like really i guess surprised great somebody grateful grateful and he and that somebody would do that and i was like yeah i don't care like if i if, I, if the tournament report shows that i went oh three and somebody wants to to like dicker with me about that versus going oh two one like fuck who cares and this guy cared so i think it was it's my responsibility to do the right thing and I think it's his responsibility to do the right thing. And for him, the right thing is to not drop and to not concede to me because he cares and I don't care. So the right thing for me to do is to, to concede to him there. (laughs) But I think anyway, I, what I'm saying is I just think it affects, I, uh, for sure it would affect my play. And I'm really impressed with KYT that he says that it doesn't. I think not that I I don't believe him. I think it doesn't affect my play because I don't, I think I've seen where it affects people and they get frustrated because they, I think they expect or feel a strong sense that their opponent in a similar situation should concede. Like, for example, um, like like our, our friend William Blondin, who's fighting for top eight. I think um, I think it was some stupid s- situation where his opponent can't even top eight with a win, and Will has lethal on turn five or something, uh, but it goes to time. So it's up to his opponent, whether he wants to concede will to the top eight or not. And like, if you like, if you're will and you think that they're going to, I think it's how much you think, expect your opponent to concede there and how much, how right you think it is. For me, it was more like, I'm just, I don't expect anything. It's never happened in any scenario. Like I've never, conceded or my opponent has never conceded. So I'm just going through the motions that like Alex and John and others are telling me that I should be doing. So it's very robotic. It's like, do you care about the pro? I'm not even like, like for me, it's not, I'm not even expecting my opponent to concede. So like from beginning to end, I expect to play my opponent and that's why it doesn't really affect my play. Like it's just, it's just how it is for me. Hmm. So I, I mean, ultimately it comes down to, uh, I think we learned our last song about like bribing and stuff. I think as long as you can, there's probably split as long uh, as Jer would say, um, as long as it doesn't, you, you don't put like, you can't incentivize like, it. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Nothing can be based on like 
the result or whatever. Do we, Jared? Do you know why that is? Is it just because it's a children's game and they don't want to? Uh, because it has to be. It, it's when you start to do things like when you determine the winner of a match outside of playing a game. Yeah. Outside of playing the game, the argument that it is a game of skill can fall apart, and then it becomes gambling. Yeah, I guess that's kind of... Yeah, that's probably that's, true. That's really where it comes down to, is that what's the difference between this and gambling? Yeah, so, I guess so. And and that, that's kind of the awkward situation, because like we already see in Germany, they don't allow cash prizes right. at all, because right. it's too close to gambling. So the more of these things that you do, and that's why when we were talking about, you know, the bribery even at F&M level, yeah. they have to make sure that it is against the rules in any sanctioned play. So that's yeah. why, even at that level, it's one of the only things that can get you thrown out of a tournament in a DQ type thing. Yeah, is, and is, so, that, is that like a hard and fast, or is that like your opinion? I'm not discounting that. That is rules that if you are offered, a, like if a bribery happens, if people roll a dice to determine the winner of a match, yeah. Even at like regular level, like the super cash, like FNM, that is at, at a pre-release, that is a disqualifiable offense. Hmm. And like, what if there's not a real judge around? Like, what, like <laughs> my, 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 I love Jay has so many questions no, in his brain. Because the reason the reason that I ask that is because like let's say that here's the scenario: I talk yeah. to a judge. I need to go in. I go into Phoenix, and I I'm not smug or, or or cunty about it. I just say like, hey, you know that discussion that we had earlier about the cheating guy and bribery, and how you said like, oh, it's casual, so nothing can really be done. I actually I looked into it, and not because I care, just because I thought like we should have the right information so that somebody doesn't get burned somewhere else if they whatever. And it turns out that that's like one of the only things that you can. So what do you think? And they say like, well, I don't care. I'm not enforcing that. And there's nothing wrong with that because they're not real judges. They're just, that's just like a store policy. The store policy is you'll never get DQ'd no matter what. Okay. So here's where it comes into the play is that the tournament organizers agree to follow those rules. A regular level event does not require anyone to enforce those rules as far as a third party judge, but they are still expected to run the tournament with respect to those rules. So it's kind of a case that if, you know, a big case is made of them not following the rules, then where they leave themselves into uh, a problem here is that it could turn into the store losing its sanctioning. So say something like this happens, someone makes a huge stink, all kinds of craziness comes out of it. What can end up happening is they go and they say, yep, we've got the right evidence. You had the opportunity to shut this down. You didn't shut this down. This is how we're going to correct that for you. Right. Okay. We're going to take away your sanctioning. You can't run DCI tournaments and, anymore. And so it's because they're they're sanctioning it. And when you say it's almost like terms and conditions. When you sanction something, you're like agreeing to this. <laughs> well, what it is is that this is a Watsi. This is a Wizards of the Coast sponsored tournament. Wizards of the Coast is putting their backing behind it. They're saying that this is a tournament that you should attend because we back it. Right. So that's why we get the promo cards. That's why you can find it on the event finder. Wizards of the Coast is saying, hey, if you guys agree to follow our rules and have the players go through this system, this is how we're going to back you up for it. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) What's so funny? 
Uh, okay, I'll just wrap up my tournament. Um, yes. <laughs> That's what's funny. I finish. I'll finish in thirty fifth. Um, add another money result to uh, my short little resume, and I'm pretty proud of, of things I've done. I think that I can see some um, marked improvement in my play and in and just my thought process and how I think about, um, especially in limited, of course, since I won my PTQ in limited how I think about uh, evaluate cards in, in a limited environment. So very proud of myself. Um, I do want to mention that playing against Huey, I thought it was good prep for just like even sitting just because, uh, I mean, it, it, in previous experiences against pros, I would obviously get uh, intimidated by them and probably play worse. And I just wanted more exposure to playing against them. So at the pro tour, it doesn't become like, oh, an oh my God thing every single time. Um, but, you know, like I said, I played against Kibler and, and others before. So, and it was a lot easier because Huey uh, came across as a really nice guy all through, uh, throughout our match. And even uh, at the end of the match afterwards. You guys, you he, guys were talking afterwards, right? Yeah. He actually said, um, it's finally good to get to meet you. I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> so mine instantly blown when he says that. And I'm like, you too. Um, so I guess he's heard about me through Reed or whatever. But uh, it, it was, he came across <laughs> as super nice. God forbid it has anything to do with the content website that you run and manage. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And the, fact that just like, and the fact that you just copy or day two to a bunch of GPs and our friends with like Jerry Thompson and yeah. Yeah. Well, I like, so like, I don't know if Huey's friends with Jerry and et cetera. I don't like, a lot of people don't know who I am. And even my last round opponent actually looked at my shirt. I'm wearing man of the pride and asked, are you a famous pro player? And I'm, just, I'm like, no. I, I can't said, tell no. if you're trolling. The joke's that old. Uh, oh, my God. It's, it's a guy from Sweden. I looked at it. He's from Sweden. He's like, are you a pro player? I'm like, no. <laughs> at least not yet. Um, but, yeah, again, Huey was super nice. And there are players that intimidate me, I think. But he, even if he's one of the best in the world, uh, not him, at least not like he doesn't come across as like super intimidating. He came across as an extremely nice guy. So he that was one of the nicest people I've met in yeah. Magic yet. Like it's not particularly close. The guy is amazing. I did have a funny decision point. If I ended up, um, it didn't end up working out that way. But if I was too old in my pod, and. Um, I took a hard, I, I'm, I, maybe it was premature my decision-making because I thought to myself that I was probably going to scoop my final round if I had beat Huey and I played someone I know. And I even said that to a few people that I would have scooped to them because I'm already qualified for Washington. And if it's a good friend of mine, I'd, there's value in them joining me at the Pro Tour. Sure. Of course, like, you know, I talked it over with other people like John Stern, et cetera. But, you know, it's a big cost that I didn't really think about it if I do concede to them because, like, I'm potentially getting – I'm getting at least four points for top eighting and more if I win a match or two. And that's a long way into clinching silver um, if I'm able to do that. So, you know, that's a, that's a very good point. So, like, I don't really know anymore just because after talking to John about it, but uh, at the time, I told a lot of people, including uh, 
Xavier, who ended up making top eight and beating Huey, that if I met him in the finals of our draft, I was going to scoop to him. I said, I told, said the same thing to Jessica. Yeah. Um, that I was going to scoop to her. And she was like, Oh, that's nice of you. But I'm like, eh. so now, but now that I think about it, I'm not really sure if I, I think it really depends how realistic I think of a shot of hitting silver is to me. But I also wanted to add, like, obviously top eighting a GP to my resume, et cetera. So it was going to be a tough call. Um, but, uh, well, I didn't have to make that decision, and both of these two made top eight. So that was, that was uh, the best-case scenario for me. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and a huge congrats to them. I could, yeah, it, was, it was really, really good to see. And I know Jess, Jess was actually on the uh, coverage landing page. Yeah. Nice. So that was cool. Like it just as one of the people that were, you know, sitting there playing, you know, but if you knew what she looked like and you could easily point her out. So that's sweet. Yeah. That's bloody mess. Jess on Twitter. Who's just like super awesome. So congrats to her for getting to the tour. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Um, totally. And Mr. Maynard for his return. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas Seattle as well. And a bunch yeah. of other sickos in the top eight. I'm sure we can um, find some McDonald's for Pascal in Montreal or in Vancouver. <laughs> uh, Jessica had the same problem I talked about before, where like she uh, feels intimidated when she plays pros. Uh, when she got paired with Shahar in her first pod, I think you see the first or second pod. I think it was the first pod. Yeah. Uh, she was she was next to me, and you know she was flipping out. She's like, "Oh man, I'm go- I might have to play Shahar." And then they, they, they call feature match Jessica Buchanan versus Shahar Shenhar feature match one. Like she was freaking out even more. May, it might've affected her play. I think it probably did. Um, so she was freaking out and she was also at the center of a, a controversy that involves her and uh, Philip Garreau from Quebec city. Oh, really? What was right. it? A good friend of Pascal Maynard. So, Phil uh, Garo has three secret plans in play. Three, no, <laughs> no cards in his deck left. Okay, and her own his only way to beat Jessica is if he's he attacks, um, flips over a weapon master, and to pump his uh, abomination of ghoul the three four flyer, Soltai uh, three four flyer, mm-hmm. and hope that Jessica. Doesn't make him draw cards. Right. No, two things have to happen. Garo actually knows that Jessica has smite the monstrous, um, probably through like a dragon eye savant or something. Mm-hmm. So two things have to happen. Jessica has to forget that she has smite the monstrous in hand and that he doesn't draw cards. So what happens is that he flips over weapon master and I guess like out of total surprise or shock, she concedes. She just like she doesn't even think about it. She just wow. snap concedes. Snap concedes. Then feels extremely bad because she realizes that she has fucking smite the monstrous. But then a spectator, someone she played on day one round nine, calls a judge over. Nice. Talks, talks about how you know that Garo couldn't have possibly won because. By flipping Weapon Master, he essentially kills himself with secret plans. So there's a whole discussion between the head judge and Garo, and obviously the 
it, the discussions about whether he knew and his argument, and he's made this argument on Facebook that he thought secret plans was a may. And I think the head judge thought that he was probably likely lying, I guess. Sure. I, I don't know what, this, what you would think. And so the, so him. It's, it's, yeah, it's a case that like, if in a spot like that, be honest, because if you lie, you get punished for lying. Like, that's the thing. There's a whole bunch of cases there where you can say, hey, I flipped it over and I hope she was going to concede. You know, you, you can say that. You're allowed to say that. And she did concede. She didn't realize that if I yeah. just played my triggers, I was going to lose the game. But she conceded. Yeah, instead. she conceded. And, and I, like, I mean, yeah, if she made me go through the motions, obviously I would have lost due to triggers. But they're triggered abilities. They're not so auto. currently on the stack. Yeah. And that's the thing. You are allowed to say that. You are allowed to do that. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of one of those, like, the judge, if the judge starts asking questions and the guy, it's like uh, the reflection story where Buddy could see, you know, his card, his opponent's cards in his hand through the reflection in his glasses. And one was asked about it, kind of played dumb and said, oh, you know, I, I didn't realize that or anything like that. As soon as you lie to a judge, it doesn't matter what the game state is. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. You lied to a judge. Yeah. That, that's, that's the beginning and end of the story. So it is interesting because on Facebook, he maintains his stance that uh, he should not have been DQ'd. Um, when I think about it, yeah, like, Jay, you're right. Like, with, with secret plans triggers on the stack, if she just concedes... Yeah, yeah. she still loses, like... Yeah, judge, so like technically that that spectator technically I'm not sure if that they were even in the right. Well, I that's know. the thing. Is, uh, on day two of an event, if you see something against the rules, you can't even pause the match. You call a judge over. So, but that's what I mean. It, it, call the judge over. That's perfectly fine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, but it, physically to the players. But that's what I mean. Is it wasn't like it's not like I I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> What do you feel I, like? I just I feel like like okay so if he didn't did he pause the match KYT or no it sounded like the game was over I think he just popped like I don't know the exact details of the end I, I I'm curious to ask like I'd love to ask Jessica about it but uh, I think like yes. someone just came over and and stopped and said stop and then rushed to get a judge I guess yeah. while she was competing because uh, like I that's the thing is like I feel like it's not so much um. Like, it's not so much the whole, like, the, it's, I guess it's not controversial that he won that way. It's controversial that he lied, probably because, like, and I'm assuming it's like he just, he lied probably because he thought, obviously, if he tells the truth, that he's, he's in a high-pressure situation. He, if he tells the truth, he's, like, admitting that he tried to cheat or something. But like we just said, it took six seconds for us to figure that out. He, it's not cheating at all. If you just say... <laughs> Yeah, of course I hoped she conceded. Uh, my triggers are on the stack, and if they resolve, I have to draw a card and lose. But yeah. that didn't happen. She fucking conceded. I'm sure if he would have said that, he probably would have gotten like kept the win, right? Yeah, quite potentially, yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, I, like it, it just seems to me like that person calling the judge was a little bit hasty and a little bit interfering but like right. I, like i said it's it's i mean it's the guy's fault for for lying and that's why you should never lie even if you think you did something wrong yeah i mean it's possible that like like um that we maybe he actually went to 
to damage step before like that before she conceded like if if he says take eight or whatever right like then he's yeah. going past the draw so i i don't know the exact details yeah that's true but, like uh, yeah we don't know just the way you told the story is right right, right. So, yeah so we don't know that's very true so like a long day things can happen i mean jess could have just used the smite the monsters in her hand and it was all but over yeah but you know i i've definitely made some dummy mistakes myself uh like that. That's that's so. like full on Jedi mind trick though, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Two things have to happen. <laughs> like that is full on Jedi mind trick. You know, it's so crazy because as you're telling the story, it just sounds so astronomical, like just so ridiculous. Yeah. And then you said that it actually happened, and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like I would never do that. I'm so I don't know stupid. I guess, <laughs> but I would never do that. He'd like flip his guy, and I'd be like, "Yeah, okay." And then he'd be like, "Oh yeah, so it get, like whatever happens, I'm gonna read you these magic cards," and I'll be like, "Oh okay." <laughs> and then he'd be like, "So you're dead," and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I guess I'm dead." And then I would concede, and that's a little shadier, right? That's still I well guess within, I'm dead. Like that's still well within the rules. Right? right, but it's right. not like we're gonna go to time. Like, why is she in a rush to fucking concede? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I'm all yeah. for conceding. I don't like people that are like never concede because you can always win somehow. Like, and now they'll use this story to be like, CJ had she just thought about it, then she could have won. And and it's like, no, shut the fuck up. And people do it in Dota all the time, and it's so annoying. <laughs> but. I I'm just so stupid that he would like flip his shit and I would be like, yeah, okay, whatever. What does what do those do? And he'd be like, you're <laughs> the top eight of a GP. I'm like, yeah, so what, fucking nerd? Like, <laughs> like I don't know. What do you want from me? Just tell me what your stupid cards do. Oh, well, this guy, this and this and this, and then I draw some cards and they kill you, and then and then you're dead, and because you're a two, and I hit you for fifteen because you can't block because whatever. Sorry. Oh, okay. I guess I'm dead then. You got it. Good games. And I would just leave. Like, I'd just be like, yeah. Just drop the mic. Yeah, like, I'm, I guess you got me. I'm dead. Good game. And then some guy would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Call the judge. And I'd be just like, fuck, I don't even, I don't care. He had me. I'm dead. I conceded already. Like, you know? <laughs> if he got me with that Jedi mind trick, like, kudos to him. He fucking Jedi mind tricked the shit out of me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And then he threw it all away by lying. What a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what I, uh, what those uh, final moments were. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Garo's a very known uh, person. Like I, I've I've seen him. I've, I'm sort of, you would say friends with him. Like I've seen him on multiple events and uh, always come across as a legit guy. But it's funny. Uh, who I thought knows? you were gonna say he's a known scumbag. I, yeah, I literally really thought true. that's what was rolling off your mind. No, no. Right, go right to the scumbag. I seriously thought that was happening. Yeah. Um. So that was a Jessica thing, and um, Xavier he he plays at my local store, Chexping. So uh, my entire local store team was very happy that he made it. And uh, funny that after he beats Huey, um, and I, and he was uh, featured. I think for part of the top eight and top four, maybe not top eight, but uh, against Pascal, but he was definitely featured top four against Neil Oliver. But AJ soccer was quick to point out to me that, you know, he got, he was playing very, I have yet to see the footage, but he was playing very loose against Huey, who apparently couldn't draw a single live card against him. 
in their uh, in their match in the last round. Uh, but he said that uh, he saw some potential, but a lot of work needs to be done. And uh, so for me, I mean, I'm trying to. So it looks like I'm probably going to form my own team for the pro tour here. Wow. Um, because like, I don't think some pro website, (laughs) I don't expect to make like realistically a Hayne and Stern will probably help me on the side uh, as to how much as to whether I'd have access to her team's, you know, deck is, is up for, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be able to put a percentage chance on it. But making their team more like the worst guy is a GP winner. You know, it's got to be realistic that they're probably going to stay with the same team. I haven't talked to them yet, so I got to make sure to talk to Alex before I make any firm decisions. But uh, so far, I'm going to either officially or unofficially be working with Jessica and Xavier and uh, Chris Woodall, uh, Woodall, I think is uh, a friend of Semulins, Travis Sowers, who um, makes videos from my website. And yep. he they teamed up at the latest team sealed and, and cashed. And he's someone who qualified for the Pro Tour and was looking for a team or people to work with. And he wants to work with me. So, you know, I got a little core of four and can definitely add other people in. Um, but, you know, again, I'm going to see where where I stand with, with Alex and, and John. And uh, I don't want to just, like, yeah, I'm starting my own team. Ha-ha, type thing. So, we'll see what happens. <laughs> that sounds exactly um, like KYT. Ha-ha, I'm starting my own team. Ha-ha. Ha-ha, <laughs> fuck you, ha-ha. Um, but it's, again, like John said, it's modern. So, he doesn't feel like, as opposed to other formats. Well, outside of, well, it depends on the bannings, right? If there's like huge bannings and like a team to brew for that specific format is very important. If you know, all they do is like ban treasure crews and dig, then it's still like almost the same format. It's pretty close to before the, the uh, introduction of cons. Of course there's siege rhino making a big wave as Scott would know, um, but largely unchanged otherwise. So we'll see, but I, and I'm pretty comfortable with drafting Consitark here now. So, but a lot of exciting things to happen. Like I, I do want to help Jess for sure, and and I do want to help Xavier as much as I possibly can. Um, and we'll see what happens. Nice. Well, I can tell you that uh, if you want a deck, I've got a real fucking good one. <laughs> We've. Uh, so I was asked to look at. So the Worlds is this weekend, right? World Championships is that this weekend? Um, I believe it's Strasbourg, GP Strasbourg this weekend, and World Ch- uh, Magic World. Uh, what, what are the kids called now? World Magic Anyways. Cup next weekend. So okay, so somebody that's going to that asked me to give them a hand with some specific matchup playtesting. Mm-hmm. So I ran that on my stream last night, and uh, so we were running the Abzan pod list with the rhinos in it that everybody and their mother has ended up playing this week. Apparently, <laughs> Sam Party and Ari Lax both. So that's just funny. But, and we're jamming that against Scapeshift. Now I was playing with Larry, and of course Larry's, you know, one of my, you know, prominent Team Geist lead members, right? And I mean, the man's right. a fucking modern genius. So 
we've been talking about it. Our, our chats have been exploding um, lately on the subject of modern with, with SGG's announcements, with you know Baltimore being a modern event. Uh, that's looking like a real definitive possibility for me to be attending that event. Mm-hmm. It's like an eight-hour drive out. Totally worth it. I've I got people putting me up. Like it's 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 likely going to happen. Um, and it's a modern event for the first two days. So we've been talking about it, and like the team guys list is still very very good. I mean, all of the same decks. When you take a look at what's happening on Magic Online and everybody and their mother playing red blue Delver, then yes, decisively in that meta game is a little bit hostile. But when you take a look at the GP results and all of the different decks that are being played in there, I mean, we're still crushing everything that's being played that's not Blue-Red Delver. And I mean, we've made allowances for that on the sideboard, but like, we've been dicking around with the list for a while. I'm, the format in person and on paper and like at the Pro Tour will be decidedly different than whatever you might encounter on MTGO. Mm-hmm. Right? Everybody specializes in their decks. It's like legacy in that capacity because most people can only afford to play one deck. Just because modern's like ridiculously expensive. Right. So what happens is, is people spend that money on the deck that they like and they play that deck a lot. So when it comes time for the Pro Tour, they're going to gravitate towards that deck because it's what they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And that matters so much in terms of familiarity. So anyways, unless something ridiculous happens with uh fates with fate on un, fate unforged fate reforged uh unless something ridiculous comes out in that set which is totally possible because we saw some ridiculous stuff come out in fucking cons i still don't think you can go wrong with our our guy stack to be perfectly honest so yeah cedron is a great magic card and it's difficult to deal with and i think that now junk like the abzan mid-range deck like abzan jund really is probably the best Jun deck we've ever actually seen that doesn't have Bloodbraid Elf in it. That's fair. Well, it fixes the 4-drop. And the 4-drop does way better in this new Tarmogoyf world where everything is getting eaten up in the graveyards. Yeah, and I think that you're going to find is that Tarmogoyfs are still big. Tarmogoyfs are still big, but they're not... It's they're not 5-6 bigs, but you're going to see 3-4s and 4-5s with, with str- like startling regularity. And oh, yeah. so, you know, you've all of a sudden got a pile of creatures that now just don't die to burn spells. You're no longer playing Bob. So, you know, you've got the Lingering Souls for card advantage. You've got, you know, Seedrino. Like, that Jun deck, the Junk Jun deck, is very, very good. Yeah, it makes Lightning Bolt bad. And it really does. It's a comically bad. Card. I actually <laughs> think Jerry's list that he put out in his article is terrifying. Terrifying? Are you scared? Yeah, I, I might actually be a little. Uh, I might have peed a little. Like that. That deck is looks, looks very good. Be scared. So hmm. I mean, that's something to consider as well. And if that's more your speed, then by all means, please play that deck. But you know, unless something ridiculous comes out, I don't think modern is quite in the shape that we think it is. And I hope I'm. I hope that's true, because I was really afraid for the format that all we were going to be doing is playing fucking Delver and Cruises. But even if you take a look at the metagame on the Star City Games modern IQs that they've been running every Sunday, it's still all over the place. Hmm. So it's brought Delver from like a tier 1.5, you know, tier 2 deck to a tier 1 deck. Blue Red Delver is 100% a tier 1 deck. Don't kid yourself. Right? But it's not 
it's not the be all and end all of the format. Right? So if they ban right. and the other thing too is like you said, if they ban the dig spells or the the Dell spells, then yeah, whoever has our deck's gonna win the Pro Tour. My opinion. Like I, I what like I haven't followed modern at all, and it's just like pretty funny to see people play even Frank Karsten plays Chow's of Avoid his affinity list. Yeah. To uh trying to fend it off playing like I think he plays three two or three and it's like I mean kind of bad otherwise unless you're facing the right matchup. Like they're not obviously they're not terrible because they're artifacts, but so yeah, yeah, and yeah, that, that's the Dig. problem. That's the problem. Like Dig's very good in the combo decks. Yeah. Scapeshift is very good. If yeah. like the Scapeshift <laughs> deck with Dig and main deck Pyroclasms is very, very good right now. <laughs> It's cool. Like it's cool to see LSV, and I I believe, if I'm not mistaken, his last article he predicts bannings, and he does predict Cruz, Dig, and Jeskai Ascendancy to be yeah. banned. Yeah. And uh, if that were the case, that for sure, that I'd be looking at your your deck as one of the top picks uh, heading to the Pro Tour. Yeah, I mean, Fate Reforged has to come out with some pretty crazy stuff, but you know, for the most part, I. Yeah, it's all going to revolve around the bannings. So it'll be a free-for-all. But, I mean, you can't wait until the bannings to start getting mm-hmm. cycles in with the decks, and that's the main issue, right? Like, you do have to get a really strong handle on what's going on in the format, and you have to do it right now. Like, you really can't wait. I mean, You can't sure wait! Well, I mean, especially if... I mean, by your own admission, you haven't played a lot of Modern. You haven't paid a lot of attention. And there nope. are a lot of interactions, and the players that have been playing for that long are very good. It's just like, it still annoys me at GPs when people ask me what I'm going to play and they're, you know, obviously their their joke thing is to boggle and I haven't played that in ages. I've constantly said I think it's bad right now and, like, I keep getting asked about it. Are you going to play boggles? <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> I boggle. Boggle's not that bad. I don't play boggle. I think it's terrible. Right. <laughs> I don't... No, Jeremy disagreed with me last time, big time. Um, Boggles? Yeah. Uh, I thought we at had, the we had this discussion on the show that it was actually like good at the time we were talking about it. Okay. Right? Oh, I don't think it's any good because I think that volcanic fallout is the real deal right now. Ooh. Because I played in a modern premier event that we had in Edmonton, just a big old pr- credit event because there was nothing going on. And you played Boggle? No, I didn't play Boggle. Okay. Yeah, I, played, 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 I went into the Mothballs and I busted out one of my old favorites. You played what? Cruel Control. Oh, goodness. Okay, sure. They're not Dude Storm? What the no, fuck are you no, doing? I played Four Color Control. With wow. Gems. What'd you splash for? What was your extra color? What was my, it was the white for Path and for stuff. <laughs> oh, like Sphinx's Revelation? Uh, no, I didn't have a Sphinx's Revelation. How do you not play a Sphinx's Revelation? Uh, Doesn't that seem like completely part. ridiculous? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I play actually. I play uh, uh, almost a full play set. I play three of uh, Esper Charm. All right, that's fine. Yeah, so that's my card draw instant I'm speed f- thing. I'm a fan of that card. Yeah. So that was very very good uh, and. I had a lot of fun with the deck. Um, Volcanic Fallout just wrecked Delver decks that I played against. 
they just can't beat it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely true. Yeah. The they also have a similar hard time with Core Firewalker, by the way. Uh, yes and no. They can race a Firewalker. Oh, race, yes. Yes, race. I'm just saying, <laughs> they, they can't remove it. No, but they don't need to. That deck doesn't need to remove things. It just needs to remand things and fly over things, and it can do a lot of things that just doesn't care about Core Firewalker. That's fair. That is fair. Hmm. Well, I'm also for sure going to try out that Jerry Thompson list. I've tried yeah. some Siege Rhinos. Yeah, Siege Rhino is a heck of a magic card. Absolutely a heck of a magic card. Which is like, which is like, I think, yeah. I was surprised when you first mentioned it on the show. I was like, really? But uh, it's making waves for sure. So Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. But, uh, yeah, man, Modern is not as far off as we all thought it was, so that's... Oh, I, I love the format. I love it so much. That's nice. Yeah. Like, my plans are to, for prep, or I'm probably hitting up Omaha, which is the second week of January. Nice, that'll um, be GP Moth for sure, 2015. <laughs> so, gotta get that Modern prep going. And, uh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. And got some teammates, and yeah, just got to spend a lot of time on the format, and uh, hope I don't bomb my first try. Good for you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be intimidated by those guys. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to play Ben Stark in the future match and tell him to shove it. No. God, I'm so excited! <laughs> I couldn't believe that happened, man. It was like it's the number one thing I cannot wait for. <laughs> The story would be like, yeah, so I saw Ben Stark. I'd be like, and? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm KYT. Now you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, the awesome. best would be to smoke him unlimited. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, just like crush him. Yeah. And like outplay him too. Like it's just a terrible fucking setup. Yeah, it'd be really good. Only in my wildest dreams, but, you know, there's, there's obviously a, sh- a shot of that happening. Always. There's always a shot. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm that's my whole weekend and everything. It's awesome. Yeah, I uh I haven't played a lot of paper magic. I haven't had a chance. I've just been sort of like waiting and biding my time. I wanna I wanna be unleashed on the world for paper, but I've been playing a lot of MTGO, so that's that's a thing. But yeah, I don't know, man. Was there any update to the client? It didn't seem like my my client was downloading anything this week after the update. Yeah, I didn't see an update either. I th- I don't. I think it was just uh, just downtime. <clears throat> Came back real fast too. There were like absolutely no delays, and which I'm disappointed in because I want hope they fix the disappearing deck bug that's been bugging me. I heard about that. Like I think, uh, and it's been happening to Cranny of all people. He came back to Moto for like a week or two weeks just to like try it with the cube and all that stuff, and and he's just been nothing but upset. So yeah, this is the first time I've been upset. Just I think when you add lands, it triggers something, and then it like it wipes your entire deck that you were building, and you can't even find it anywhere. Like it's not back up top on the on the uh, like all your draft drafted cards section. It's nowhere to be found. Sometimes you need to restart like five times in order for it to come back. So That's it's been brutal. bad, but the reimbursement policy is pretty sweet. 
I get yeah. to draft fetch lands and get the free draft again. So <laughs> that's been, uh, I feel like I could do that infinite. I can like abuse it, but like keep running into that bug. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're aware, but like, so a windswept heath on MTGO right now is like 3.62 tickets. That's <laughs> buy a bunch of those. Well, that's what I'm, that, like, you think? <laughs> They're they're absolutely like I I had to pick some up the other day from MTGO Traders and they were sold out of the cons ones and all they had left were onslaughts and the onslaught fetches online were ten dollars. Interesting. So I don't know. It's funny. I wonder. Hmm. I wonder with like maybe less drafts are happening if people like are scared of the MTGO bugs, etc. Maybe, like, I don't know. Maybe fetch, these fetches will go up like crazy at some point. Yeah, I think a week and a half ago, uh, pack prices plunged underneath three tickets. Yeah. Wow. But, I mean, that's just everybody's just drafting it. Like, everybody's drafting. So I think it's actually people are drafting a lot. And that's why everything's dropping. Because people want the fetch lands, they want to play it. and Yeah, yeah. You know? All I love it as a constructed player. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's sweet. I'm I'm starting to look at. I'm actually starting to look at considering picking up a deck, like just a deck. I'm I'm actually and I'm entertaining Team Geist as as buying a deck, but I don't know. It's still like it's still four fifty or something like that. So it's still a little high. <laughs> yeah, some of the modern cards are uh, pretty high up there. Yeah, like clicks are still insane. They're, they're Jeez, really it's good. almost like they need to have another Modern Masters set to fix that. Yeah, like Modern Masters 2 in Vegas. So that's the one I'm... Masters harder! <laughs> yeah. Raw Masters. Modern... Was there Modern Masters online? I forget. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely there was. That yeah. was actually some of the best Greg Hatch streaming was Modern Masters online. I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm really excited. I want I want more information. There's so many tournaments that are coming up in 2015 that are potentially attendable. You know, the Star City thing is really big news. You know, we're we're gonna have SCGPs basically. See, the thing is, is that the allure of the Pro Tour makes the Star City Games tournaments still kind of very second class in my mind. All right. I mean, like, I get that that's a feeling and that, like, and I understand because there's like four pro tours a year. Right? Like, I get that. Yeah. But in general, it's not going to be as professionally attended. I estimate that it'll give us the same sort of 800 to 1200 person GPs that we were used to a couple of years ago. Mm hmm. The prize lot is there. It's it's totally there. The support is there as far as dollars and cents. And they still do have their players' championship at the end of the year. Yeah. So if you do want to go and grind to the circuit, it's very likely that if you are an accomplished Magic player, you've got a buy system. You've got, um, you know, it's it's smaller travel degrees comparatively. They're happening very regularly. Like, if you're, you know... 19, 20, 21 years old looking to take a year off school and you're really good at this game and you live in the States? Really a time to be a Magic player. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. 
That would be <laughs> wild. Uh, unfortunately, our population density doesn't merit that sort of a love. That sort of love. Um, I've been petitioning Cedric to give us a Toronto date for fucking ever. <laughs> so you can only cross my fingers. But uh, yeah, it's it means that there's going to be more that are within a reasonable driving distance for me in the Northeast. So I think I'm I may attend some more of these things. Yeah, I, I think it's grown to a point where I would be uh, really happy happy to be like let's say the Players Championship champion at this point. I think oh it's yeah, to that point. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's still a what's it forty or fifty thousand dollar purse for that tournament? Like, yeah, there's sixteen players in it. Do the math, guys. <laughs> you know, like. You're getting paid, bro. You're getting paid. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm like with Jared like about the whole notoriety of like the pro tour, like the the whole official thing. Like obviously the the dream would be to to qualify for the the official world championship someday. So Yeah. But uh but now these SEGs are growing so big that like uh cash aside, even winning one of these things is like a huge uh it's like a huge badge. Like I think it's a huge accomplishment at this point. Yeah, I agree. But if you take one of these downs, I will be extremely proud of you. Is uh, <laughs> what it comes down to. <laughs> Yay! Pride. When is uh? GPC it's not like oh, Medina top aided an SCG. Anybody can do that. <laughs> yeah. No, they're uh, they're gonna get big. I think they're gonna be fine. I'm and and I think you are going to see more people playing in them. By the way, so that's relevant also. So have we looked at standard lately, Jay? You, you played F and M this week, right? Uh, yeah. So me and Jeremy Beach, uh, were kind of brewing at uh, like before F and M. We were trying to come up. I I think I wanted to play like the abs and. What I'm thinking is I wanted to play like the Ebsen aggro deck slash aggro killer deck because my meta is almost all like aggro decks. Sure. Where I play. And so I either need to be trading more aggressively with the aggro decks, like more aggressively than turn three heroes downfall. Um, and like murderous cut just doesn't make the cut. <laughs> um <laughs> Or I need to be faster than them. Because, like, turn two knuckle fucker doesn't do good again. Or doesn't uh, doesn't bode well for the Abzan mid-range Jund. Abzan. Sure. So, <clears throat> we played a deck that 4-0'd a daily. Because Jer has a... I think it's the SCG app that does it. But it just posts all any deck that wins a, that 4-0's a daily. If it doesn't 4-0, it doesn't post it. So, we took a look at it. We didn't have Anafenza's. And I didn't know how relevant that was in going to be in the matches that I was playing. She seems like a very strong creature. Oh, extremely. Yeah, yeah. Because um, what is it? She's like three mana, three, three? Or three yep. mana, four, four? Three mana, four, four. Yeah, and she's with, and then when she, with upside. When, yeah. when she attacks, she puts a one, one counter on another attacker. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then she has another ability about graveyards that doesn't, is like literally never relevant. So... That's not true. This is, there's there are whip decks and it's totally relevant. I mean, that's him. true. I played against one, but yeah. I, like I felt like it didn't matter. Anything that he was doing, he's like literally didn't matter. <laughs> okay. Um. So, 
we didn't have Anafenzas, and so we what I ended up playing, I have a picture of it, so I could probably look it up, but basically we ended up playing a, a, a version that had like 12 two-drops in it. Uh, so it had carry no, it didn't have carry tits. It had the Death Dealer, the Demon yep. Cat, the Mana Deprived uh, Spoiler. Yep. It had the Death Touch, Air of the Wild. Air of the Wilds, yeah. That card's really good. Yeah, very good. Loved it in Teamer. It's just so, so yeah. good there, yeah. Yeah, it's so good. And that's actually where I saw it and got super annoyed with it a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Because um, playing against it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else was the two drop in that deck? Uh, Lion. Fleece Main Lion. Oh, Fleece Main Lion. Yeah. Which is like, Fleece Main Lion's an interesting card. It's like a card that on paper is very good, but in my experience has never been as good as it will be in uh in hexproof and the only reason it was good in hexproof is because it was like an imminent threat they had to have two removal spells to kill it and you didn't care because normally the game was over before they like before you even cared about monstrousing it like it's a three three for two mana that for five mana becomes a four four indestructible hexproof like and on paper these are great stats but in practice like it just i don't know it never comes up i never want to use my mana for that so it's great when I have no cards in hand and I'm flooded, but I don't like playing cards that are like great if I suck. So it, it's a fine card, and I like it as a two-drop just to put pressure on the opponent, obviously, right? But like basically in my deck, it's just basically watchful. So I played those. Then it had no Wingmate Rocks in it. Yep. It had four Rhinos. Yep. And then it just has a lot of all the spells are removal. Three Sorens? Uh I played zero Sorens, I think. Okay. All of the all of the yeah, and then and then so I like and that and that was judgment call by me. I felt other than Soren, I felt that almost all of the planeswalkers when I play are like I never want to cast them. Okay. Like like uh Elspeth's really good when either your your opponent's top decking and they have creatures. So you just you just top deck it and make creatures and then block for days and they can't overcome that. Or Elspeth's good when uh, they are playing Abzan and you top deck it and you wipe out their like bunch of like fucking rhinos and then like win the game afterwards, I guess, with your own rhino or something. But it just it's never like as exciting as I want it to be at six mana. And because I, my meta is entirely aggro, I'm, like, never making it there anyway. Like, nobody even gives a shit that I'm playing this card. Like, I play it, and then they just, like, they're like, whatever. Fuck you. You're dead. And I'm like, great. <laughs> so I cut all the Planeswalkers. Um, and I don't have an Ajani green-white Ajani, which I oh, think okay. in, in this deck would be the best one, right? He is generally just super good. I'm yeah. not going to lie to you, yeah. So, uh, and then I decided to add, I think I added Karyatids in. Um, and because it's so much aggro, so I wanted to block, and I also wanted to be able to play Rhino early. Uh, and then on, on turn two, or sorry, on turn three, uh, I also wanted the ability to either pump twice, or pump and regenerate, or play a 2-2 regenerate, play a 2-2 pump, with the four mana that I would have. Um, so I liked that. And then I just played extra removal for the other cards that I was missing. And I can't remember what I was missing, but I was missing something else. But yeah. And then my sideboard was basically all the planeswalkers that I had cut. 
And then some of the Wraths that you would play in, like, Abzan midrange. Sure. Uh, and then the Wingmate Rocks that I was missing. And I basically, so I'm basically playing a transformational sideboard. And the reason for that is because I have all the same 75 as the, basically as the, as the Abzan midrange deck. I have the exact same 75 almost, except for my main deck had a bunch of the aggro cards in it that I could just cut. And in my meta, all I'm playing, basically all I'm playing against is like some rogue brews, which are like generally more aggressive or kill the aggressive decks. Uh, and then, like, almost everyone plays aggro. Like, teamer aggro is everywhere. Red-white aggro is everywhere. Jeskaya aggro is everywhere. Mono-black aggro is everywhere. Like, they just love it there. They just love fucking playing aggro. So you show up with, like, the best deck in the format, quote-unquote, and they just ranch you because you play four fucking aggro matchups and you yeah. just flood or, or whatever, right? Or they knuckleblade you on turn two every time and you're like, fuck. Uh, so... I went to or three oh one, and the matchup that I drew was against the guy that I lost to last week or the week before. Sorry, uh, Andrew, playing um, Teamer, but he didn't know that I was playing Aggro Abzan because in the in game one he didn't see any Aggro cards. We both kind of kept. I kept a hand of like four removal spells and land, and he kept a like not a nutter butter hand, but like a pretty good hand. Sure. And I just killed all of his guys and then rhinoed him. Like I went rhino, 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 you're dead. Uh and so he didn't know. So in game two he sideboarded poorly. He sideboarded for the mid range deck. And I just like just traded with him. And the thing that I thought was really interesting, uh the plays that I was making that I thought that were really interesting, and these could have been right or wrong, I'm not sure. But uh I liked that it like basically all of the tutus in a lot of matchups, if I like, I'm like, I found it really easy to transition from being the beatdown to not being the beatdown, and vice and back and forth. Like, yeah. like basically, if you were on the play and you had a better start than I did, my two twos or my two drops were just um, removal spells. I didn't care about them at all, and it was really difficult to get into that mindset. But once you did, it was just like I'm looking at my deck in my head when I'm sideboarding, and I'm like, okay, so I have like twelve or fifteen like two drops because I put in three caryatids, and then I have like 12 removal spells. So I have like 24 out of 36 cards in this matchup. I can just one for one you all yeah. day. Yeah. So and then my and then my over the top is four rhinos and like a wingmate rock and then maybe some like Rakasha death dealer beats at the end or something pump time if I'm flooded or whatever. Yeah. And like whatever else I had, I can't even remember now. And it worked every time. Which I thought was amazing. It was great. I had a great time. So did you XO? Uh, I well, I three oh one. Um, we I ended up drawing with the teamer guy, and he didn't want to scoop, and I didn't want to scoop because it was the third round, and we were both two zero. So I bait, and I I think I would have beat him if I if I like I I know, actually not I think I know I would have beat him. Um, <laughs> like well, because I was like at the time, it's funny, but at the time that we drew, I was winning, and I had like a board, and he had. No, not a board. <laughs> and it wasn't like I was one turn away from killing him or he was one turn away from killing me or anything like that. But it was like if we had two or three turns, like based on my hand, he was dead. And based on his hand, which was like zero or one card or something, he was dead. Like I'm sure he could have top deck like Stormbreath Dragon and then Sarkin and killed me maybe. But I'm pretty sure I had like a hero's downfall and an utter end in my hand or something. And I was just basically waiting for him to play a threat that was relevant. And I had like 
guys in play that I could just attack with. Like he was he was dead. Um, but it it would have taken me a couple of turns to kill him. And so we just both drew or whatever. And so I think I could have forrowed. I'm and I'm like I said, if I was better with my deck and I didn't take so long to make my decisions, then. I I probably could have four would instead of three oh one because I find like the deck is not complicated, but when you're when I'm like when I'm trying to figure out if I want to play like a Karyatid or a Rakasha Death Dealer on my turn two, or if I want to kill your Elvish Mystic, I find like that's like that takes me like a very long time to figure out. So I just have to get better with the deck. So that's legit. Yeah, but I had a really great time. I'm having fun playing Magic. $10 for FNM is still too steep in my mind. So I feel like what I'm going to do is I'm going to pay it every Friday and complain every Thursday. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. I can't <laughs> believe I have to spend fucking $10 at FNM. That's bullshit. Yep, that's my plan. $10 for like three hours of entertainment is just bullshit. It's horse shit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there's that. And then, oh, and then uh, like a feel-good story of the summer. I it's not even summer. This is so bonus. Yeah, totally, right? So I have played this person at least once before. His name is Simon and Simon Lee? No, not Simon Lee. Fuck. Not Simon. Hi Simon. Yeah. Um so I've played him before. So in round 1, <laughs> he sits down and I note and I'm like so super like this is really offensive and I don't know how else to say it, but I'm super gay for my wife. And by that, I just mean that I'm, like, super, I don't know, like, maybe even the old dictionary sense of gay, like, frolicky and joyful. I, like, can't, if I, if someone asks me about my wife, I just can't, like, not beam and just gush and just be, like, super lottie floof about it. So I noticed that he's married, which when you're married, you do all the time. You pick up rings instantly, and I don't know why. And so I noticed that he's married, and I just say, hey, man, hi, how's it going? I'm, I'm Jay. He's like, I'm Simon. Nice to meet you. We're shuffling. I said, hey, oh, how long have you been married? Because he looks like he's like nine years old. And he's like two years. And I just go, holy shit, like right in his face. Holy <laughs> shit. You don't look old enough to be married for two years. What the fuck? And he's kind of like, hey, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, wait. Like, that's fucking super awesome. I'm not, like, trying to be rude or anything. And then for, like, an hour and a half, because the first round of FNM is not timed, we're just chatting and having a great time and becoming, like, friends and bros. And then we exchange numbers. And then we were talking about how our wives. Yeah, we're talking about how our wives are both from out of province. So Beans moved here for me yeah, from BC and when she was young. And his wife moved here from Las Vegas for him. And then we're talking about how they don't have a whole lot of friends like that they like interact with here. They and they miss their friends at home and the and how like the uh how like the the getting accustomed and acclimatized to the area is like took a long time and is difficult and and then we're talking about how they're getting better and how sometimes now we play games like ticket to ride and werewolf and i started telling him about werewolf and he's like really interested in how he's like a regular guy that plays sort of nerdy games not like a turbo nerd that power games nerdy games and like things like that and so then we exchanged numbers so that we're like hey we should hang out like on the weekend with our wives because like they're both kind of eh about new people and about hangouts and about nerd games, but they love like low key, like chill out, but play Ticket to Ride nerd games. And he's like, yeah, man, totally. And we just kind of had a great time and bonded. And it sounds like I'm describing a first date, 
Yes, it does. But Sorry. that's kind of what it was like. Like, when you make new friends... Anyway, for me, when I make new friends, anyway, I'm like, I'm a fast friend maker. Like, I either hate you, like, right away, and and then I, I mean, like, generally, I'm, like, mature enough to not just be a shithead to you. At, like, especially at, like, an F&M where I don't know you or whatever. I'm like, yeah, you tried to bribe me with a fucking foil brain maggot. That's a promo. Nobody wants that, you fucking joking. Get the fuck out of here. But in my head, I don't say that out loud. That's all in my head. But, uh, or I, like, or I just, like, I, like, I find that I'm relatable. And I, like, this guy had so much in common with me. Like, our stories are basically the same. So then we're just talking about that. And so then we just became super. And, I mean, maybe nothing comes of it. But maybe something does. And I thought that, that was a really cool story. I like your story. F, that's what I, that was worth my $10. I like your story. Yeah, yeah. That was worth my $10 at F&M. That's what made the F&M worth $10. That's impressive, Jay. Yeah. Good for you. Man, and we both talked about how we used to be douches. And then we, like, <laughs> figured out that it's like, that's great until you hang out with another one of you. And then you're like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? What an asshole. And then people are like, no, that's, no, that's you, right? And you're like, fuck. Like, when you're sitting down, you're like, someone's like, oh, do you mind if I invite this guy? Like, let's call him Robert. Uh, and then you're like, ugh, Robert. And they're like, yeah, he's so, he's so, no, I don't know any, like, real Robert. Because I'm a real person, and I would know a Rob. Uh, but they're like, oh, like, do you mind? He's so funny and great. And I'm like, uh, no. I'm like, really? You don't like him? You guys are so alike. And then you're like, in your head, you're like, oh. <laughs> that's so you, you hear the penny drop and you're like yeah that's what you think of that's me that's what you think i am i thought we were friends motherfucker. <laughs> holy shit and they're like what no you're both just funny guys and you like the same things and i'm like i can't fucking stand that guy can you can you because if you and then i what the fuck so yeah, so we both, and so it's just, it's interesting, and it was, like I said, worth my $10, and I told him about the show, I'm sure he's not going to listen to it, because he, I don't know, didn't seem like the guy that listened to that stuff, probably forgot, because it's been a week, but if you're listening, Simon, you're a fucking cool dude, and I look forward to playing Ticket to Ride with our wives. Yeah, <laughs> Ticket to Ride, I'm really hyped up on Ticket to Ride, the two years ago was golfing, last year was Star Wars, this year, motherfucking Ticket to Ride. Really? Because Ticket, Ticket to, to Ride is great. <sighs> See, and you're like a superpower nerdy gamer. And those people don't like Ticket to Ride because it's, I don't know, I don't even care why. Shut the fuck up is why. But I love Ticket to Ride. I play it with my aunt and my cousin, and I played it with my parents who don't play nerdy games. The nerdiest game they play is fucking Yahtzee. I gotta play Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And also, Ticket to Ride taught me where Sochi is. Sochi, you'll remember, was that weird Russian place that they had the Olympics and nobody gave a shit about last year. Yeah. Yeah, I now know where that is on a map. Motherfucker! On a map? Oh my god! (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, on a motherfucking map. Yeah, yeah. There you have it. There you go. There you have it. And I haven't played any magic on my stream yet. Uh, Double check. Stream? Uh, Yeah. So I decided after being on Scotty's stream on what was it last Wednesday? Yep. Last Wednesday, where we played Legacy Cube, mm-hmm. uh, I decided that it might be something that I might be interested in. Mainly because when we were on that stream, I got in the chat, we got a lot of positive feedback, and I specifically, not that Scotty didn't, but just people, <laughs> were, like, just that people were like, wow, Jay's on here, and this is actually good, and wow. Uh, and so I decided, and I've tried it out, I've streamed for the last couple of days, you can check it out at twitch.tv slash jboosh. 
Um, and I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. So, it, like, if you're wondering, like, oh, where's Jay's Patreon? How come I can't give him a bunch of money? It's coming. So just save your money. Uh, but, you know, I don't have a picture up yet. I have to figure out how to get that to work. And then I don't have a webcam yet, which will be fixed soon. And then, mostly, I don't have any magic cards on Moto. So right now, I'm playing Dota 2. And I'm playing it in a way that I try to teach people who have never heard of it or have only ever heard me talk about it on here what it's like. And also, I suck. And also, it's really fun to watch me get super mad while I play Dota. So feel free, if you're not a magic person, to come watch it. And also, if you know somebody that wants to bankroll me on MTGO, and you don't have to buy me shit, you just give me your password. I'm not going to steal fucking digital magic cards that I don't have any use for. Uh, I'll just play Magic Online if you guys really want me to. Although that sounds terrible. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I kind of hate that. Yeah, to be fair, (laughs) I don't want to do that. But as a person in the celebrity community that has to do what the fans want, especially in order to get money from them, which would be great. Uh, Kidding, obviously, you don't have to give me money, but it'd be nice. Um, I'll do it. I don't care. I, in fact, I, I believe that I named my stream anything for money. If you want me to play, I have the Sega like classic arcade pack that I bought from Steam. If you want me to play fucking Altered Beast, yeah, look that up. Google it. I know you know what I'm talking about. Google it. When you see it, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Or like Echo the Dolphin. I'll fucking play that. That's fine. I don't give a shit. Uh, but yeah, so far it's going good. Maddie Studios was checking it out today. Eve, big supporter. Um, Airzuka. <laughs> From fucking mtglinkedup.com is uh, has been checking it out. I got like seventy views or some shit. Nice, yeah, seventy <laughs> views, twenty six followers or some shit. That's crazy. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Kyt's just fucking losing it over there. That's crazy. That's crazy. It is crazy. It's crazy. You tell me it's not crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Good for you, man. I'm proud. I'm trying. Yeah, I want to see what it's all about. If a 12-year-old can do it, at some point I should be able to figure it out. <laughs> nice. So yeah, that's what's up with me. That's basically all I've really been doing. But that's all sweet. It is all sweet, yeah. Finally, right? I'm back. Finery. DJ Finery. has come back to magic. Yep. Sweet. I mean, not MTGO yet, but... Ugh. No, but I'm actually really glad to see you committing to uh, gaming in the community again. Mm-hmm. And I I can't understate that. Yeah, it's good to be back. Like I said, FNM's like fucking super great. Uh, I'm, actually, again. I'm actually super terribly great. jealous that you get to go to FNM. Like, I'm actually yeah. actively jealous. This makes well, me sad. That's why they call him the king of the north, you know. Just get to do cool stuff all the time. Pretty great. What else do we have on tap, gents? Anything else? Any other standout items? Hmm. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I can't think of any. Uh, I mean, there's infinite things we could talk about. Oh, uh, Alex Bernicini. I was literally just about to say that. (laughs) Yeah. His sort of kind of not sorry, sorry. Yeah. What do you guys think? Who cares? Who cares? Okay. That's, that's, That's a fine opinion. Yep. Yep. Hey, limited resources is a real magic card. Yeah. You didn't know that? No. Card. Wow. Okay. There you have I it. Bought a, I bought a Korean one of it, I think. Somewhere around here. Foil Korean singles. Yes. <laughs> um, Don't yeah. leave out the foil. 
Okay, so so Jeremy doesn't care, so we won't talk about it too much. What do you think, KYT? Oh, Bernini. His his apology that he wrote on Facebook. Yeah, I think it's a it's just a good thing, but nothing that I care too much about. I mean, action speaks more than words. So if he comes back and you know becomes a good sportsman, good for good for the game and good for him. But outside of that, gotta gotta see it. Yeah, once bitten, twice shy, you know. For sure. My big thing too that I didn't like about it was that it's an apology, but it's like it feels just like totally insincere and. He doesn't. He doesn't talk about his act, like what he's actually sorry about. He doesn't actually own up to anything. He says sorry for going through issues, and then he says the only time he mentions cheating is when he says the brainstorm incident, which was investigated with no penalty. So it's still like saying like I'm really sorry everyone thought I cheated, but really I was just going through some stuff, and the time that I got caught cheating, like I did, wasn't actually cheating. It's like it's like saying I'm not a racist, but. Is how I felt like that's but. what I felt like. That's what I felt like his apology was. He's like, I'm not a cheater, but if I was, I'm sorry that I did, even though I didn't. Mm. So fuck that guy. Still, and I'm sure people are gonna say like, uh, you know, at some point, you know, this is a step one towards the. Bleh. But I'm with KYT that actions speak louder than words, and I just think that it's. Yeah, I think it's flair. It's it's from the Batman Bible, man. <laughs> Batman Bible, fucking issue number one. Yeah, it's not who you are underneath; it's what you do. It, <laughs> it defines you. you. Yeah. Wow. I'm telling you, man. I follow that shit like like it's my Bible. What? <laughs> <laughs> but I think you you wanted to talk about maybe quickly the the whole Ari Lax morphing, Jay. Uh, yeah, like just really quickly that like it seems to be a uh, polarizing issue in the community. So the yeah. issue is whether like just for those that don't know. So when you play a morph creature, it's a face down right two two with no abilities except for morph, obviously. Yeah. Um, at the at, when a game ends or when that morph leaves the battlefield, uh, you have to reveal it to prove that it's a morph. So for for example, when you exile it with like a with like an O ring, I don't think you have to reveal it, right, Jer? Sorry. If you exile a morph with like an O ring, you don't reveal it, right? It's leaving the battlefield, so it should be revealed. So you do reveal it, okay? So you yeah. do, okay? But then when it when it comes back, does it come back face up then? Uh, yeah, because it doesn't. The, the face down is an alternate cost, an alternate thing. Sure. So it oh. would come back face up. Sure. So if, and I'm not saying that Jeremy's not right, that I don't believe him, just that he doesn't sound super sure. So if that's <laughs> correct, then the way that we play it, yeah, so that's fine. So anytime that a morph leaves the battlefield, you have to reveal it. And this is to make sure that it's actually a morph and not like just like a fucking, like, hand that you yeah. played fate or like a fucking, a guy that wouldn't be good. Like if it was like uh, all flyers deal damage to their controllers when they come into play. So you play your fucking flyer face down as a 2 2 so you can kill your guy, right? Um, so. And that's, that's all it is. It's, all it is is that rule is just to prevent cheating. There's literally no other reason for it. Because it's so easy to cheat. Because if I play a morph face down, like, you can't just ask me what it is. And then, or, like, look. There's no way for you to look. And obviously in a tournament, you can't be calling, like, a judge, like, every time someone plays a morph. And then saying, like, can you confirm that that's a morph? 
that would take forever and yeah. is a stupid idea. So there, if you don't, the IPG, which is the, what is it, International Players Guide? Uh, it is, Ike? Uh, no, the Infraction Procedures Guide. Yeah, sure. It's, yeah, the infraction, the IPG, the infraction procedure. So it's it's uh it's like the like like the the official rules, and then what happens if you break the rules thing? It says that if you re- fail to reveal a morph, you get a game loss. Yeah, and it's very clear on that. That's yeah. it. It's not up to interpret. It's just that's the rule, and it needs to be harsh because there can't be any leeway because it's so easy to cheat and it's so easy to say like I don't know like I was super abusable. What's that? And it has a massive impact on the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and like that's a thing too, is like it, like if I play a morph on turn three and it's a land, and then ten turns later you lose, how much damage have you taken? How many decisions were made? And it's a land, right? So it has to be severe. So anyway, recently, and I don't remember what tournament it is, uh somebody lost to Ari Lax because they did that. They didn't reveal their Ottawa. Ottawa. Is that Ottawa? Oh, was that Ottawa? Do you know what happened, KMT? Um I think well, I, I, I don't know exactly what I, I think I've read what, what he said, yeah. which is basically he conceded and his opponent just like scoops up his morph without revealing it and touches the rest of his deck. And then yeah. Ari calls a judge. and Yeah, so yeah, the buddy had lethal. Ari extended the hand. They shook hands. They were packing up the cards. Buddy packed his morph into his deck. It touched his deck and he called the judge over. So did Ari lose? No, Ari ended up winning. Ari had lost game, but he called the judge because his opponent didn't flip the morph because yeah. that's what you do. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry, like Ari yeah. had lost I that, but winning. yeah, yeah. And then, and then I guess the controversy was a little bit that he was like, I don't know, seen as like flaunting it or or being like really smug about that. Which again, I think that's fine. Like every sport on the planet has villains that are good at their trade. Not cheaters, not Darth Vader villains, but like, I hate to use this reference because I fucking hate this movie and all the hype around it, but like the Star Lords or the Rocket Foxes, you know, the good guys, (laughs) the good guys that are still like, fuck you, you know? He's a raccoon! Um, so, so, but yeah, there was some controversy about that, and then the polarizing issue is whether people think it should be a game loss or not because I think like, ac- you could like, accidentally do it and yeah i agree i think it should be a game loss so little tip that you see some people doing but if you haven't and you want to know something for like friday night magic or pre-ptqs that are coming up right away um when you play a morph card face down take it out of the sleeve and put the card face down on top of your sleeve. Yep. Because at the end of the game, when you go to pack everything up, you're going to realize that this card is not in a sleeve, and that will remind you to show it to your opponent. What happens if you shuffle that into your deck? The fa- face-down card? Yeah. Well, you still have, I like, think- able... You you could do the argument of, hey, we still know what card it is. Yeah, because I it's think, the only I think- one out of a sleeve. Yeah, like, I think the only exception to the game-loss rule of not revealing is when it's uniquely identifiable in such a case where you have, like, for example, you have no cards in hand, they bounce it to your hand, and then you realize at, like, say, I don't know, a minute later, as you're going to your draw step before you're, you've drawn your card, you're like, oh, hey, you didn't reveal your morph. It's not, it, you could, there's probably an argument there for it not being a game loss. 
provided that it's actually a morph and you didn't cheat with a land, uh, because you, it's uniquely identifiable. You didn't have any cards in hand. It's the only card in your hand. Like, it's the only thing that's happened to put a card in your hand since then. You can just flash it and say, look, it's a morph. Obviously, you bounce this to my hand. It's the only card in my hand. So I think in that case, you could probably, I agree with Jerry, you could probably make the same argument if you, have a, if you accidentally still somehow shuffle, like mindlessly shuffle your unsleeved card into your deck, and then the guy tries to call you or just even asks, hey, you didn't show me your morph. I'm sure you could be like, oh, fan your deck and say, it's the unsleeved card. Here it is. It's fucking Rattleclaw Mystic. Right? Yeah, that seems yeah, right. Why? Yeah, I could still see like, like I'm, I'm just sort of, still, there's still room for somebody to be a raging dickhead about that. But yeah, yeah. that's the thing is I'm looking for the penalty itself because I want to see if there is a downgrade policy or anything specifically mentioned on that. Because sometimes you'll get the judge who will give you the downgrade on it, uh-huh. but that's not actually following the the rules. Like they're they're deviating. Yeah, you know where a deviation is not. Uh, it's it's not supposed to happen. Yeah, and you'll have that happen. You know, that's that's just the the difference in judges. The that's just the nature of the beast. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it happened. Um, I think it, it, the reason it's such a big thing is because I think I read somewhere where like hundreds of yes. game losses were given at GP Ottawa. So that's like really so for that reason. Like, yeah, there yeah, was hundreds of them for that particular reason. Wow. And I and think even, that's fine. Even people who put, like, use the face-down strat, like, sticking-out strategies, some people even, like, mess that up, just, like, yeah. forgot. And, I, think, uh, I think that's fine, and I think that's because, A, those people will probably never do that again, and B, it's so fucking easy to cheat. So easy to cheat that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's... It can be easy to forget because once you, I think it's once the opponent concedes, like sometimes like my thing is just to like scoop up the cards. So I think I might have like I don't remember doing it, but I think I may have gone away with it once when my opponent like didn't call it on me. Yeah, um, I don't really recall every other instance. I remember actually um, just flipping it over and. Um, I don't know, like people are like, I guess, already tweeting about it or just talking about it, but I mean, I know talking to, I talked to Stern a lot because he was in my ride and in, in, in my hotel room and like, you kind of have to call it if, you know, you expect, you expect your opponent to call it on you. So yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's always the rule is that yeah. the guy across the table might do it to you. So, you know, just treat everyone the same way you expect to be treated. Yeah, yeah. Don't be afraid to call a judge. No, I think that's fair. Yeah. We've always said that we've always said that too, right? Yeah. Yep. So Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, these GPs are getting bigger. People are uh there's more at stake, so you gotta gotta protect yourselves, guys. Mm-hmm. Be ready. Ooh, face to face has tickets to ride. <laughs> 10th anniversary edition. What? 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 Oh, and Dominion. Shit. <laughs> I Jay just know. bought himself all of his Christmas presents in one shot. Oh, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Whatever. Dominion is definitely the next step. 
from Ticket to Ride. Dominion <laughs> is so good. I played it like once, like two or three years ago. And then a buddy of mine got it for my birthday. You guys remember Dennis? He was in my wedding party. Yep. He got it yeah. for his birthday. And we played it the other the other night. We went over to his house and had dinner with him and his wife and then um, played Dominion with them. Fuck, man. Dominion is so good. I drafted a deck that like basically <laughs> drew my deck every turn. And I had like, it was like take extra actions, draw extra cards. Buy a bunch of cards, get some money, play all your money. So every, every, basically, literally every turn, I drew my entire deck, had thirty bucks and and like five different buys, and just like bought everything every turn and cycled my deck every turn. They were not. <laughs> they were, they were like, amused. what the fuck? I was like, I don't know. I, I didn't even do this on purpose. I just like, I'm like, it's like a, it's the, I'm like, it's the magic player in me. I see cards that yeah. draw cards, and I like, I buy them. I have to buy them. Like, <laughs> like there's do. a card. There's a card that draws you four extra cards, and then there's another card that gives you two actions, and it gives you a free card to get that costs up to five in your hand, and the card that buys you four cards only costs, like, three. So every turn, I would just buy two of those and have four actions, and then use two of them to draw, like, ten cards, and then I, there's Throne Room. Throne Room doubles a card in your hand, so now instead of drawing 12 cards, I'm drawing 25 cards a turn, and I'm like, oh, whoops, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. A game that spawned all the clones. So. That's right. Ticket to Ride and Dominion, and that's all you should play. And everybody else that's going to comment about Ascension oh is garbage, fuck off. <laughs> that's terrible advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You stay up in the north, you, you fucking wildling. You, you don't come down here. I don't come down there? Bro, all you right. don't come down here. My gates are closed. Okay. The ice is closed. Yeah, I don't want to bash through and play terrible board games, so don't worry. That's right. Oh, oh I, can get, I can get the French version of Dominion. 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 Oh, oh, look! Dominion, Age des Ténèbres. Ooh. I don't know what that even means. Anyway, that's our episode for this week. Goodbye! I love you all. Bye, guys. Peace. So this is 206? This is 206. You want to run us in with that same, you know, vivacious energy? I would not be opposed to it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> is everybody ready? Yep. Uh, yep. Fucking <laughs> Jeremy. Okay, do that while I do the intro so that it's like, I'll be really okay, boring, but you'll be like really fucking pumped and oiled up and shit. Oiled up? You had some rubbing fucking baby oil yeah, on just himself? Maz, this is the A-Team episode 206! We're gonna run out of air. Yeah, I'm like, we're just waiting for that. <laughs> I can't believe you hung him out like that. He was doing so well. I was actually really like, was. I was feeling the groove. I'm like, this really might was. actually happen. He really was. <laughs> I like, I don't want to laugh though. I just. <laughs> okay. Um, are you? Will you tell me when you're back, not out of breath, and I'll, I'll do it for real. Yeah, I'll just start. I'll just start. Okay. Okay.